From the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Bracely, presented by a Cloud Guru, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, just my, myself this week, this is Aaron. Uh, uh, Brian wasn't able to make it. Um, but we have a, a continuing theme uh, on the show from the last couple episodes, and that is digging a little deeper into solutions around IoT and, and some of the uh, areas to look at when you're considering solutions like this. And so with that, I have Stuart Mitchell, CEO of Mechanics. Stuart, how are you doing today? I'm very good, Aaron. Thank you for having me on the Cloudcast. Absolutely. And, and so tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your background to get us started. Sure, we'll do. So um, I started my working life actually in radio broadcasting. Um, I've got a love of audio and I'm a huge podcast fan. So, uh, you know, stoked to be here today. Um, after spending seven years of building radio studios for the BBC, I, I moved into telco. Um, that was quite a long time ago. So I was working in the fields of radio paging. I worked in voicemail for a little bit and in the early days of VoIP. Um, but finally, I moved into photo messaging around 2002. Um, that was my first sort of step into the world of wireless communications properly. Uh, you know, mobile phones as we know today. Uh, my second taste of working in a startup. Uh, and then, you know, I've, I've been kind of on the corporate track for a while, moving through various companies, have been acquired by other companies and bits and pieces. Uh, until I find myself uh, in Tata Communications in uh, 2012 is when I, when I actually joined Tata. Ah, okay. So that was actually going to be my next question. Is so there was this kind of as I as I understood it, um, uh, Tata um, created this company, if you will, and it's to go after um, a new market. It almost seems like a, a little bit of a spin out, if you will. And so, tell us a little bit of like, okay, what did you do for the the parent company, and then what led to all of this? It's always fascinating to hear kind of the backstories of of how these companies spin out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the great challenges of working in a, in a major corporate telco is innovation, right? And uh, I'm not sure my CEO would be happy, but Tata Communications is no exception to that. Um, so what, what the CEO does to try and address that is he, he's put together an internal scheme. Um, it's an internal sort of um, startup program scheme. Uh, Mechanics itself is, is a type of communications business, which is incubated in this company, Shape the Future program, right? So... Um, what the company does is says, look, you know, how can we be more relevant, more exciting, more innovative to the future? Has any of the employees got an idea, a concept for a business? You know, we all get the opportunity, all the employees get an opportunity to pitch. Um, this idea from Mechanics is one of the, uh, the pitch winning ideas um, last year. So since October last year, we've been trying to spin up this business um, around IoT, uh, which we see as, 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 you know, one of the next big things, right? Um, for me, IoT is is it's not you know it's a real sort of future destination. So today we see you know smart kettles, smart fridges, smart lights, smart thermostats. That's all pretty cool. Um, it's not really integrated, but I think you know looking out to the future, you can see everything comes together in one sort of holistic cloud-based IoT future where you know your smartphone talks to your car, talks to the streetlights, talks to the airport talks to the parking bay everything you know talks to itself making life 
cheaper, easier, and I guess more eco-friendly for all of us. Yeah, and and you bring up a great point there too. In uh, so the last episode, we actually uh, spent a good bit of time digging into the the concept of okay, let's take the home stuff for instance, right? Yes, you can do Internet of Things, and yes, you can pretty much assume a good wireless connection inside of a home, you know, for instance, Mm -hmm. but, but what happens when it is outside of the house? What happens when we get these devices kind of dispersed all over the place? You know, a couple, you, you get a couple different problems. You get the transport layer problem. You also get the processing power, uh, and, and where is the data and how do you access the data problem? If you're doing anything more than just basic ingestion of data. And so Tell us a little bit, because I believe that that kind of goes to the origins of the company and your interest in IoT as, as you know, air quotes here, the next big thing. Um, how, how, what, what got you thinking about all of this and starting to think about, you know, those areas and, and those problems? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd um, been working in the telco industry for a long time, right? So I've seen um, everything used to be around vehicle telematics that then became M2M. And now we call it IoT. It's, it's pretty much the same sort of thing is, you know, any mobile operator out there, be it Sprint, be it AT&T, be it Vodafone over here in Europe, they all offer SIM cards directly to the consumer or to businesses, and they can put them into devices and, you know, get basic level connectivity. Um, the great thing about cellular connection, of course, is it's pretty ubiquitous. It's available in most places. Um, it can support some pretty high bandwidth as well. Um, so, you know, if you want to do anything from video streaming down to just retrieving a few bytes from a, from a sensor, then... Um, that's all available to you um, with some pretty wide uh, coverage available, right? Um, what we were trying to do with mechanics is, is, is try and take that to the next step. You know, through my experience of working in the telco industry, it became apparent there's a whole bunch of functionality that sits within the mobile network itself that the mobile networks use for their own purposes, right? They know where your cell phone is, so they know where to direct your call. They can restrict your bandwidth when you come to the end of your cellular data. They can, um, you know, set up parental controls on your device. Well, what if we actually took those controls uh, and offered them uh, to developers uh, through APIs? So that's, you know, at a very high level what we're trying to do with, with mechanics. But also we're trying to disrupt... Um, some of the other sort of paradigms that have become apparent, like, you know, you get one SIM card, one SIM card works on one network. Well, what if you could have a SIM card that operated on all the networks in your country simultaneously? So you always had the best coverage wherever you were. You know, um, what about if you didn't have to pay $10, $15 a month for your SIM card, you could actually pay for what you used on a monthly basis? Hey. We're looking at all of these areas to see what we can, what sort of innovation we can bring to the market. And, 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 and what kind of devices do you envision? Is there, is there certain devices that are kind of, yeah, I'll use the term low hanging fruit, right. For, for this kind of solution. Um, you know, there is a, you know, of course the generic answer is yes, you can do it for everything everywhere, but, but, Always. but, <laughs> but, but you probably have some ideas in mind of, okay, these are the areas that, that this makes the, the most impact quickest. And so what is your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, we've got a number of sort of live customers running, uh, early stage beta customers running right now. Um, the one we talk about quite a lot is a, it's actually a smart metering company. So they provide a B2B service to uh, large corporates uh, where they'll come in, they'll operate as an energy broker, get you on the cheapest tariff, 
but also they want to put their own smart meter into your business so they can monitor your usage they can you know identify trends of maybe you left equipment on overnight etc a bit of a sort of value add to their customers um and historically they would always plug um their meters into an rj45 um get onto the corporate LAN, and off they go and what they're finding over time is there's less and less copper in buildings and everything is kind of wi-fi based getting onto the corporate wi-fi has its own challenges with passwords it security etc so they want to um have their own independent over-the-top connectivity if you like is what they're offering through our sim cards um it's kind of weird because um uh, enterprise smart meters sounds like it's a pretty low um uh, low bandwidth application you know um they're going to want to maybe pull your meter reading once a day once a week once a month these guys are crazy and they actually want to go down to per second readings um that actually generates an awful lot of data um so um it's perfect for cellular cellular can offer all of that bandwidth um and can bring all that data back and you know with mechanic solution we can offer some kind of more attractive bundling of low application high application devices um so that you know the customer can get the best benefit of uh of their total data usage and and that, that makes perfect sense because you know the, the the somebody coming into this new it is a little bit of like okay why why go invent a transport layer right yeah. why why go do something like that when you have something like this uh, readily available that you can then build upon foundationally and that that goes to the the api aspect of it for for me as well um because this is the first product i've seen so far which is kind of that intersection of of you know i'll say sim cards and apis right and and so help everyone out with a little bit of of what is the value add of the apis and and what does the solution bring on top of the SIM cards and, 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 and sure. help us connect the dots there a little bit. Sure. So, um, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've, we've tried to take some functionality that we think will be useful to developers and expose it via these APIs. The whole idea of an API is it's something that you can use an external trigger, um, to interact with your SIM card and cause a change. So, um, that could be either retrieving some information or it could actually be major changes in the performance of the SIM card. So some of the unique stuff that we do, for example, is access layer controls. Um, for, in, in certain circumstances, for example, when you're going into, into the, your corporate office, you might want to change the behavior of the SIM card so that when your employees come into work every day, they're restricted from using Facebook uh, and other social media applications, right? So, what you can do is you can take, you can um, build some software to sit on top of something like your entry card system or your logging in system, such that when you identify that a user has actually come into the corporate environment, you can use software to send an API call to a mechanic SIM card to change the behavior of that SIM card. That's done automatically, it's done immediately, it's done on the fly, um, and that change can then be reversed when the user leaves the corporate building and goes home in the evening. So, um, that's just kind of one example of how an API could be changed like that. Um, also, at any given time, you might want to know where your device is. You might want to know where your SIM card is. You know, you can send a simple API call from either from an application or it can be done through our SIM management portal and just say, where's my device? Um, you don't need to have GPS capability on the device. The network always knows where the SIM cards are. So you can get um, a, a location back um, just by sending a, a simple command line call. Uh, to the mechanics platform. 
No, that, what we're trying to do. And, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah. What we're trying to do, and the reason we call it mechanics, right? Mobile mechanics is, is is offer a toolkit to developers. The idea is, you know, here's a bunch of tools, here's a bunch of applications, here's a bunch of triggers that you can use. Guys, what do you want to make of it, right? Um, knock our socks off. Show us what you can make. And and so, would you embed? this API into existing applications? Would this be applications running on top of other ones? How would this typically be implemented? Yeah, there are a number of different ways that people could be using our APIs. Um, we've had some inquiries from people who um, are looking at like, you know, single use cases. They just really want to use the APIs, set them, forget them, configure their SIM cards in a certain way for application. Um, and typically we guess that would be done perhaps through the, the web portal that we offer. Uh, for other use cases, we, uh, you know, people want more sort of dynamic um, applications. So, you know, we could imagine a, a company like Uber, for example, um, if they wanted to penetrate a given market where they couldn't attract drivers because the cost of cellular data was too high, they can actually give out uh, SIM cards to prospective uh, employees who then would use an app to come on shift um, and then use the triggering of them coming on shift through a text message or something of that nature to actually then flip the behavior of the SIM card, turn on the bandwidth, open it up for Google Maps, use of the application. And then when the driver comes off shift, um, there'd be a different trigger to, again, change the behavior of the SIM card back to what it was. No, that, that makes perfect sense. That's fantastic. Now, let me ask you this. Sometimes... You know, we talk about all the advantages. What are maybe some of the disadvantages of SIM technology as the transport layer? Because, you know, I, I hear about other transport layers and then, of course, you know, like low power solutions and all of these other ways we can kind of get data back and forth. And so what are some of the other considerations on the flip side to SIM technology? Yeah, yeah and it's, you know, we're, we're not pretending that um, using cellular is necessarily ever the cheapest solution, right? Um there's lots of really good technologies out there what with LoRa, Sigfox, uh, things of that nature. Um, very much more suited to uh, low bandwidth applications. Um, but on the flip side of that, they also support you know, low power. So if you want to do something like measure the, uh, the weight of the trash that you put out every week, you're going to want to do that over LoRa because you can you know, get flood coverage for a city with a single LoRa transmitter. You can put a device into a trash can that you don't need to change the battery for five years. You know, it's a much better uh, use case. However, that's fine for the urban areas. How do you address the rural areas? Um, these rural areas oftentimes have, have got connectivity already. So, you know, it's we, we see cellular as being complementary, I guess, to some of the sort of the narrower band uh, IoT um, technologies. Um, right now, cellular tends to be power hungry. It tends to be um, expensive because the minimum billing increment is per kilobyte. Um, what we're seeing, though, is the mobile operators are, are recognizing that this is a challenge and they are getting around. All the standards have been set uh, and they're getting around to introducing some narrow band technologies. So I don't know if any of your uh, listeners have heard of um, NBIoT is one particular standard. There's LTE, CATM uh, and, and uh, a few others. So, um, you know, with mechanics, we've pinned our future to cellular we think um, ultimately cellular will be the winner in this space but we recognize that there's still space for other um, connectivity technologies you know even good old wi-fi and uh, bluetooth um, will still be around for, for many years to come yeah and it almost seems like there's a a, a bit of a 
a hierarchy of okay, it's you know trade offs of bandwidth and power consumption. If if you if you say Wi Fi is top of the food chain, and then you almost say SIM cards is is kind of in the middle, and then you've got uh, you know for areas where you have high bandwidth um, and maybe a high density, but then those rural areas may not be uh, you know proper a proper solution. If I use yeah. that term, and so it almost seems like you know, in my head, I kind of have this like pyramid, right? <laughs> this pyramid hierarchy of how things are working for something like that. Now, last last topic, and then we'll let you go. Here is I'm always curious, especially in the IoT space, um, around security. Uh, obviously, SIM card technology being as mature as it is, and and, and obviously all the pri- privacy things that have kind of grown up around the industry already. There's a pretty decent amount of security out of the box. How how much of that is just then reused and reutilized? And then how much of that is something that is more unique to IoT? Yeah, I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, the uh, the cellular networks have put a lot of time and effort into ensuring that they are secure. Right? There's a couple of um, known challenges that they're addressing at the moment, uh, particularly around SS7 signaling. But, um, you know, the, uh, the network cores that these, uh, these large telcos operate um, are inherently secure. And again, as, as part of what we're trying to do is, is to give access to people that need that level of security, um, really from soup to nuts. So um, a feature that we're going to be bringing out relatively soon will offer VPN security. So you can get a VPN connection directly into the back of the, uh, the mobile network operator. So your device... Connected to a cell tower is secure. Cell tower through the mobile network core is secure. Mobile network core, full VPN security into the cloud and into your application. Um, we're a firm believer that you know security is really important, and we're also a firm believer that security should be achievable and available to all uh, at a reasonable price. Because you know we've seen some horrible IoT attacks uh, like the Mirai botnet attack uh, and many others that have caused all kinds of trouble. Uh, with cheap IoT devices, people will still always go out and buy cheap IoT devices. I think, you know, we have a responsibility to uh, try and protect them as best we can in in the transport layer. Yeah, and it really does seem, you bring up a great point, because it seems like there is a trend. And, 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 and this isn't an IoT thing. This is a really early adoption of technology trend I've seen over and over of what tends to happen is the early adopters just want to get it going. And and so the security becomes the afterthought. And okay, I'm going to use the defaults. And you, there's all these you know stories about you know things just using the horrible out of the box defaults. Um, and then really really bad things happen. And that's not IoT. That's everywhere. But the it seems to me with the explosion of IoT that that issue then could be magnified. Um, it almost seems like an exponential problem um, of something like that at a very elementary level. Absolutely. You know, when you're um, when your whole purpose is to try and connect the Internet to everything, um, you're allowing uh, access to hackers to everything. Right. Um, Right now, there's no hacker in the world can actually get access to my fridge because it's not connected to the Internet. As soon as I connect it, you know, who knows what could be done. So we've been kind of lucky because we've come around at a time where it obviously makes complete sense to build security in from day one. So it's not something that we've had to think about, um, you know, early adoption, bolting on afterwards. It's been at the forefront of, of everything we've done from day one. And uh, and like I say, you know, um, our approach is give the tools to the developers. You know, we, we trust the community to know what they're doing. Um, 
if they if they need security for their application, it's available to them, um, and more power to their elbow. Yeah, that, that that makes fantastic sense. So, Stuart, with that, we're going to kind of wrap there. Um, where can everyone find out more about you, more about Mechanics, and and if they wanted to dig in a little deeper, what's the the, the best next steps for them? Best thing is, is to come look at our website. Really, um, it seems very 1980s to be directing people to the website, but uh, nevertheless, that's what we do. So it's uh, it's Mechanics.io. That's M O K A N I X.io. Um, that's where you find all the information, all the documentation, all the pricing. You can go ahead and sign up and order. We'll, we'll, we'll take orders from anybody. Um, again, you know, we're happy if you're a hobbyist working in your bedroom, um, whether you're just playing for fun or whether you're trying to build the next unicorn. Um, all the way up to any sort of, you know, corporate developers who have been challenged by their boss to, to build a new corporate solution. Um, we're, we're happy to receive customers um, across, across, the, uh, across the spectrum there. Um, that's um, with mechanics. Um, myself, um, you can find me on LinkedIn if you search for mechanics. Um, you can also um, follow me on Twitter if you really want to. My uh, my corporate account is at uh, telcobytes. Um, that's where I talk about things in the mobile industry. Most often, things that amuse and frustrate me. But uh, <laughs> fair enough. I think you're welcome that's, to follow me there. That's, that's pretty much everyone's standard demo <laughs> for Twitter these days. I agreed. Well, well, fantastic. Thank you very much for your time today, Stuart. And and behalf of uh, Brian, who wasn't able to make it this week, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll talk to everyone uh, next week. Thank you for listening to the Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more podcasts, show notes, and everything social media. And visit acloud.guru for all your cloud training needs.